0: Well, today we're continuing our series entitled, Jesus Loves Us, where we're looking at spiritual and mental health through the lens and the life of Jesus Christ. And The truth is, is that when we're experiencing challenges in life, especially in our mental health and in our relational health, we need the love of Jesus. For you see, Jesus' love is the thing that helps us move forward. It helps us advance. It is the fuel that we need for life, especially when life is hard. I want to reassure you that Jesus loves you right where you're at. But he also loves you enough to not leave you where you're at. He wants each one of us to advance in our life and really advance closer to him. He loves you when life is going well and when you mess up. He loves you when when you're out of work and when you're fully employed and you're successful. Jesus loves us right where we're at. And I want to invite you to open your heart today for the love of Jesus because He wants to entrust it to you. He wants you to come close. He wants to deposit it in your spirit. He wants you to know that He expressed His love to you on the cross. And He wants to embrace you with that love today. Some of us, we disqualify ourselves from the love of God because of what's happening in our own life. But God there's never a point in, his, in, in our life where God's love does not reach out to us and say, come close, come close. In fact, at the end of our service, we're going to have a moment of worship. And if you're needing the love of Jesus to just refill an empty cup, I want you to come. I want you to lean into the presence of God. I want you to leave filled with his love and his strength and his encouragement because he wants to deposit it to you. I don't know if you realize, but right now Jesus is in the house and he's wanting to do something miraculous in your life. If you just open your heart and open your life to him, he has something he wants to give to you. Let him come close. Let him give you the love that that you need in your life. Let him bring peace to your mind and to your heart and in your spirit. Let him love you today. But also be willing to love him back. One of the reasons why we're able to love Jesus back is because he gave us what's called free will. And free will is necessary for love. For you see, in order to truly love somebody, you have to have the option to not love them. And so Jesus, he gave us free will so that we could love him or not love him, so that we could obey him or not obey him, so that we could do what's right or do what's wrong. The other benefit of free will is the fact that With free will, we get the opportunity to own our life. In fact, I've titled today's message, Own Your Life. I want to invite you to turn to someone right next to you and say to them, own your life. Turn to the other person and say, own your life. We get the privilege to own our life. And ownership is very important. It's essential to grow and advance in life. Why? Because if you don't own it, you can't change it. If you've ever lived in an apartment, you know this is true because you don't ever own an apartment. You're just a resident of an apartment. You can't change the tile. You can't change the paint. You can't change the fixtures. You have to leave everything as is. But if you own a home, you can change everything. And all the husbands know this is true because your wives will give you a honey-do list and they'll say, change this, change that, change this. They'll say, we didn't have the opportunity to change this in the apartment, but now you can do it. You can can put up a fan. You can plant a tree. You can do all of these things because now we own a home. But you know, sometimes in life what happens is we are living like we're living in an apartment. And God is saying, the home I gave you is yours to keep. And you have the power to change your life. As we start this conversation again about spiritual and mental health, I want you to realize that everything that's within your skin is your responsibility. You get the ability to choose what you think, the attitudes you have, the perspectives, your beliefs. Everything that's within your skin is your responsibility. And I just want to encourage you to say yes to the fact that God has given you ownership of your life. What a profound blessing! To be able to make changes in life and be able to move forward. Many of us, we like the idea of change, but we don't like actually changing. Why? Because change is painful. I heard someone once say that growth is change and change is pain and pain is loss. And many of us, we we come right up to the point where we need to change our life, but we don't push past the ridge of resistance because of the pain we feel in our life. Well, I want to offer you two thoughts about change and pain. Number one, choose change. Why? Because change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. It's the one thing that's consistent in life. Change is going to happen. And change is either a choice or a consequence. We're either in the driver's seat of change, or we just let life take us as is, right where we're at, and move us forward. So choose change. And number two, pick your pain. Pick your pain. Because in life, pain is inevitable and unavoidable. But there's two types of pain. There's the pain of growth and the pain of injury. The pain of growth and the pain of injury. And we get the opportunity to choose the pain of growth or the pain of injury. Pain is inevitable and unavoidable. We can't live a life of comfort and actually move forward. Everything you want in life is right outside your comfort zone. And we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Let me give you some examples of pain that happen in our life. Eating healthy is painful. But eating eating unhealthy is also painful. Exercising is painful, but not exercising is also painful. Being a disciplined person is painful, but not being a disciplined person is painful as well. We get the opportunity to either choose the pain of growth or the pain of injury. And I just believe that God wants us to choose the pain of growth, where we're willing to push through the difficulty. I think some of us are right on the threshold of life change if we're just willing to push through and we're willing to say, God, lead me into the thing that you have for me. And what I've discovered is that the love of Jesus often is the salve we need to overcome the pain we're experiencing in life. And Jesus wants to give you that, that love and that joy and that peace so that you can move forward. That's why we need him to come close. That's why we need him to love us. That's why we need him to be a part. Of our life. I want to challenge you today, embrace discomfort, but more importantly embrace Jesus. I want to encourage you to own your life today. In fact, this is what Jesus did. He owned his life. I want to invite you back into the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Open up your Bible. Open up your Westover app. I'd also invite you to take some notes today. At the bottom of the app where the app notes are, there's a place where you can take some notes. Or you can open up a note place in your phone to just take some notes. Because I want to share some things with you that will help you own your life. I want to give you tools and equip you today so that you can win on Monday and Tuesday and next week and next month and next year. I want to put some tools in your life so that you can win. It's not good enough for me for you to just have a great worship experience I want you to have a great life. I want to give you things that don't just preach good, but that they live good. And I think that's the intention of God. He wants to give us something that's going to make a difference in our life. So Luke 2, verse 52, this is going to be the text for us today. And again, as a reminder, we're looking at the life of Jesus as he's stepping into adulthood right before his ministry. Let's read together. And Jesus grew. Say grew. And Jesus grew in wisdom... And stature and in favor with God and man. What we notice from this verse is that Jesus fully owned his life. He fully owned his life. He took responsibility for his life and his growth and his maturity. And if it's good enough for Jesus, I believe it's good enough for us. He owned his life and he's saying to all of us, you can own your life too. You can change your life too. Imagine what your life could be like if you could finally make the changes you've been dreaming of. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can. It's possible. You're in charge of the change of your life. God has made you the boss of you. You're not the boss of the person that you're sitting right next to or the other person. And if you try to control them, you're going to be frustrated. And they're going to be frustrated too. But we have the privilege of being able to own our life and control our own life. And there's power in that. Sometimes we want to change the circumstance or change other people. And God is saying, I'm just trying to change you. I'm trying to change your outlook. I'm trying to change your attitude. I'm trying to change your perspective. I'm trying to get close to you. And sometimes the changes don't need to happen in our environment. They need to happen on the inside. The Lord wants to change us from the inside out. And this is what Jesus does. He owns his own life. And he he, he gives us an example about how we can move forward. Today I want to share with you three ways to own your life and have success and fruitfulness in life. The first way is follow Jesus, love people. Say it with me. Follow Follow Jesus and love people. Look at what verse 52 says here. It says, And Jesus grew in favor with God and man. He not only loved God the Father, but he loved humanity. That's what the cross is all about. He was willing to obey the Father to the cross. And he was willing to go to the cross because he loved humanity. And we need to follow Jesus. Jesus. We need to follow Jesus. We need to allow him to be in charge of our life because he can run our life better than we can. Jesus grew close to God the Father, and we need to grow close to him. In fact, the key to favor in life is following Jesus. The key to favor in life and blessing in life is to follow Jesus. He got close to the father. He had unbroken relationship all of his life with the father and because of that he was blessed. And he was favored, and God advanced him, and God whispered to him the places he needed to go, and the conversations he needed to have, and the things he needed to do in relationship with people. And some of us, we're struggling because we have a hit-or-miss relationship with Jesus. We go up to him, we say, God, I need this, and then we back away and do our own thing. God, I need help with this, and then we go back and go our own way. We have this hit-or-miss relationship with Jesus, and he's saying, I just want you to walk with me. I want you to be right beside me because I know... Know where I'm going, and I, I just want you to know that you don't really know fully where you're going either, but I can help you. We need to allow him to lead. We must be willing to surrender and follow him. I was thinking this week about something that my wife and I, we did early on in our marriage. Uh, early on in our marriage, we were poor. In fact, we were poor. We couldn't afford the O-R. We were poor. We, we were poor. We lived in an apartment, and we couldn't change anything in the apartment. Uh, We had to mooch Wi-Fi off the neighbors until they cut us off, and then what we had to do is go to Starbucks to study. We were both in grad school. We were both working entry-level jobs, and we didn't have a whole lot. I would buy microwave meals for a dollar just to have a meal over lunch. We were poor. But one of the things that we realized very quickly is that if we hung out with my in-laws, Denae's parents, at the end of service, if we waited long enough and we were close by enough, they would ask us, hey, what do you got going on today? And we would say, nothing. <laughs> and then the next question would come, and the next question was, hey, are you guys hungry? Do you want to go to lunch? And we would say, sure, absolutely. We learned that if we stayed close to my in-laws, we would get a free meal. We would get the blessing of a free meal. And yes, I'm not afraid to say it. I love you, Mom, but we came because we wanted a free meal as well. We knew we needed a free meal because when you're poor, you have nothing. So we stayed close to them. But there was a couple moments when we didn't hang around them. We got distracted talking to someone else, and they left, and we missed our free meal. I wonder how many of us, we're missing the blessing that God wants to give to us because we're afraid to walk right close by with Him. We're afraid to keep in step with Him. We just come to Him whenever we need. But He's saying, if you're willing to walk with me, if you're willing to follow me, I'm going to give you blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. after blessing, And I'm going to give you so much blessing that you can't even contain it. If we follow Jesus, we'll be favored. He'll also give us the love that we need in life. Yes, Following Jesus is the way to experience love. And the reason why is because God is love. And we get close to him, he gives us the love that our heart truly craves. The world will give you a false love. It'll give you lust. It'll give you all of these things. It'll give you distraction. It will give you a dopamine high in your mind. But it won't give you the love that you and I, we truly need and our heart craves. We must go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need your love today. I need you to embrace me. I need you to help me. Because the love of God is the one thing that will sustain you when life falls apart. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. He says, love the Lord your God with all, say all, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. I've seen this time and again. We must follow Jesus to love people well, including ourselves. We must follow Jesus to love people well, including ourselves. One of the things that I see is that we're willing to accept the love of God, but some of us, we don't love ourselves very well. We don't love ourselves very well. We see ourselves as disqualified from the blessings of God. He's coming close. He's saying, no, I love you, and I want you to love yourself the way I love you. I want you to love yourself with the love that I've given you. Here's four steps to making sure that your relationships work right. In order for this to happen, we've got to get the vertical relationship right with God. In order for our horizontal relationships to, to work, incidentally, it makes a cross. We need to make sure our vertical relationship with God is working so that our horizontal relationships with God is working. Let me share with you four steps to make sure that our relationships work right. First, let Jesus love you. Don't push away God's love. Let Him love you. Let Him come close. Number two, love Jesus back. And follow him. So let him love you and then love him back. Number three. Number three. It's First one is let him love you, love him back. Number three is love yourself with the love that God gives you. And number four, with that love that he gives you, love other people. This is the entire gospel. Jesus said right after this in Mark 12, 30, 31, and 32, he says, this is All the law and the prophets, what he's saying is that all of life hangs on these these two commands. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. He says all of life is encompassed by these two verses, these two principles. And if we can get these two principles, our life is going to work. Why? Because we're putting Jesus first. We're letting him love us. We're loving him. We're loving ourselves, and we're loving other people. And that's the secret to success in life. Absolutely. The second way to own your life is to take care of yourself. Say, take care of yourself. take care of yourself. Say it like you mean it. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Because you own your life, you have the opportunity and the privilege to take care of yourself. Verse 52, and I've added some words into this verse. I know you saw this recently, we're going to do it again. To unpack this, Jesus grew healthy in wisdom, that's his attitude and mindset, and in stature, that refers to his physical health, his physical body, and in favor with God, that speaks of his spiritual life, and with all the people, that speaks of his relationships. Jesus took care of himself. He took care of himself. He took ownership of his life, and he took care of himself. I think some of us, we have bigger and better plans when it comes to work and not for life. Here's my question. What's your plan for life? Do you have a life plan? Do you know where you're going? Oftentimes, we're more focused on success in work instead of success in life. Recently, I did a funeral for a family, and they were talking about the time that they spent together as a family. I've never heard anyone on their deathbed say, I wish I would have worked more. They always wish that they would have spent more time on the things that really mattered themselves, and the family around them. And I think sometimes what we do is we have the wrong metric of success. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to own our life and show up in life for other people, the people that he's entrusted us, the people that he's put within our inner circle. Take care of yourself. One way to do that is to grow where you're low. Grow where you're low. Grow where you're low. And I give you this acronym, R-A-M-P-S. It stands for Relationships, Attitude, Mindset, Physical, Body, and Spiritual Life. Relationships, Attitude, Mindset, Physical, Body, and Spiritual Life. Rate your ramps today. Evaluate where you're at and then grow where you're low. So here's what I want you to do. In your notes, I want you to write these letters, R-A-M-P-S. Write it, R-A-M-P-S. Write R-A-M-P-S and then rate where you're at from 1 to 10. 1 being not at all, not doing well at all, and 10 being perfect, everything's great. Rate yourselves right now on your relationships, your relationship with your spouse, your family, the relationships that are important. Where are you at? One to ten. All right, got that? Now rate yourself on your attitude under A. How well are you doing in your emotional intelligence? How well are you regulating your emotions? Does does life frustrate you and you fly off the handle? Do you get depressed and get worried? One to ten. Evaluate yourself on your mindset, on your thinking patterns, on how your perspective is about life and your outlook on life. Where are you at? 1 to 10. One not at all, not doing well at all, 10, completely perfect. Where are you at with regards to your physical body, your physical health, your exercise, your rest, your nutrition? How are you doing on that? 1 to 10. And then when it comes to your spiritual life, how are you really doing in your relationship with Jesus? Your everyday relationship with Him. Are you engaged in spiritual practices like prayer and reading God's Word? 1 to 10. Now, look at your list. Before you get depressed, before you get depressed about where you're at, be willing to admit reality and own your reality. not here to judge you. I'm not here to throw stones at you. I'm not here to discourage you. But in order for us to change reality, we have to own reality. We have to admit reality. And admitting and owning reality is half the battle. We're willing to do that. Now, if you want to grow in your life, don't try to go from a 2 to a 7. Just go from a 2 to a 3 or a 2 to a 4. What's it going to take? Here's the question. What's it going to take for you to grow one number or maybe two numbers? What do you need to do? What adjustments can you make to go from a 2 to a 3 or a 2 to a 4 or a 3 to a 5? And focus in on that. Grow where you're low. If you're at a 7... Thank the Lord for it. But if there's an area where you're five or below, focus in on it. And if there's an area that's three below, zoom in on that and say, I've got to work on this and grow where you're low. I want to encourage you. This is possible. You can move forward. I want to give you a quick idea about how you can move forward and really take ownership of your life. And it's this thought. Start with one step and end with one more. Start with one step and end with one more. Here's what I mean. In life a good majority of our life are habits. About about 40 to 60% of our life are habits, right? When you get in the car and you drive home from work, sometimes you don't even realize how you got home, right? You're just driving and you're on autopilot. Why? Because it's a habit. For some of you, you're you're turning left or right and automatically you just put the blinker on and you don't even think about it. Why? Because it's a habit. Well, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to look at the first step of the habit you want to create in your life. Focus in on that step. Start with one step. And here's a way to make sure that the step for the new habit is going to be successful. Here's how you do it. You make that first step short, simple, and you schedule it. Short, simple, and you schedule it. Short, simple, and you schedule it. That first step needs to be less than two minutes to complete. It needs to be simple, something that's completely easy to do. You set up your life for success. I know some people, when they want to work out, they put their workout clothes and their workout shoes right at the foot of their bed, and what they do is they put it on before they get out fully out of bed so that they have success in the morning. Set your up, yourself up for success. And if you need to, go ahead and schedule it. You can even schedule your spiritual life. You can put a reminder in your phone to read God's Word. And if you're and and I know some of you you're already used to doing reminders because some of you have 5 alarms on your phone and you snooze 3 of them and you have these notifications that tell you to wake up and get to work I want to invite you to do the same thing create a situation where you are so bugged By the notifications that you actually do it till it becomes a habit that is a routine. Be willing to put five notifications and have three alarms that tell you to read God's Word. Read God's Word. No, really. Read God's Word. Put that in your calendar. No, really. No, don't snooze me. Actually read God's Word. Be willing to do that so you can actually be successful. Start with one step. Start with one step. Give you an example. If you want to be a reader, read one sentence. That's short, that's simple. That's short and that's simple. If you want to be a person who prays, pray one prayer. And start by praying a three-word or a four-word prayer. Be willing to say, Jesus, help me. Or, Jesus, I need you. Guess what? If you pray that prayer, you're a person who prays. Congratulations! Congratulations! Vote for the person you want to be by the things that you do. If you want to be a person who exercises... Put on both shoes. This is one where it's not just one step. You just don't put on one shoe. You have to put on both shoes, right? It doesn't work if you just put on one shoe. Put on both shoes and go for a walk. But once you take one step, you start with one step and with one more. Here's what I mean. There's the habit of one more. The habit of one more. People who do extraordinary things are ordinary people who are willing to do something extraordinary. And here's what I mean. Go one more. Here's what I mean. If you want to be a reader who's an extraordinary reader, start with one sentence and read a second one. If your goal is one sentence, read a second one. If you want to walk 10 minutes and that's your goal, walk 11 minutes. Why? Because it shifts your perspective about yourself and you're able to say, I'm a person who goes just a little bit further. If you want to pray one prayer, go one more. Pray a second prayer. If you want to be someone who encourages, Send one text message, maybe that's your goal, and then send a second one. Why? Because the habit of one more puts your brain in a position where you realize that you can go that second mile. You can go the second step. Start with one step and end with what? One more. I've discovered in life that small steps you take are better than giant leaps you don't. Small steps you take are better than giant leaps you don't. Often, we want to make so much progress We want to jump forward, but it always starts with one step. And parents, you know this. Remember when your child was little and they were learning to walk? Did you celebrate when they took that first step? Maybe they took one step and then they fell over. Did you celebrate that? Of course you did. Give yourself that same grace. If you take one step forward to the person you want to be, celebrate and say, I did it. What that does is that reinforces that behavior in your life and you can move forward. Today I want to offer you some small steps that you can take that make a big difference, especially when it comes to your emotions and your attitude. I've sensed that many of us were coached on how to move forward in our physical health. We know how to move forward spiritually, read the Bible, all that. But some of us, where we really have a difficult time is in our emotions. And that's where life gets difficult. Because in life... When life gets hard, we don't make logical decisions; we make emotional decisions. When you reach for the Oreos at 9 p.m., is that a logical decision or an emotional decision? It's an emotional decision. I'm praying through that one. Right? That's that's (laughs) where uh, this is real talk for Pastor John. God help me with my Oreos. Here's some things that you can do instead of reaching for Oreos or some other substance or relationship that's unhealthy. Here's the instead. If you're stressed, just breathe. If you're stressed, just breathe. I shared this with you recently. I'm going to share it with you again because I think it's important. Some of you may not have been here with us, but I think this is a profound, profoundly powerful Exercise. It's two, two back-to-back breaths in through the nose and one long exhale through the mouth. Two back-to-back breaths through the nose and one long exhale through the mouth. It goes like this. If you're stressed right now, breathe with me. What you'll discover is that your stress will melt away just by breathing. If you're anxious, go for a walk. Why? Because when you go for a walk, you get your blood moving. And what happens is your blood then gets filtered through your liver and your kidneys, and your body has the ability to process stress hormones that show up in your life, and that helps you reduce your anxiety. The other thing is that it releases a chemical in your mind that helps down-regulate. It helps lower the activation in the part of your mind where you're anxious. For those of you who are interested in neurobiology... What going for a walk does is it, turned, it turns down the volume in the amygdala, which is where our emotions live in our brain. Going for a walk and breaking state and changing our environment. I think many of us, the reason why we have mental health issues and anxiety and worry is we live a sedentary life. We sit in front of a computer and we stress out. We sit in front of a computer and we stress out. We watch TV and we stress out. If we get up and move, our life is going to be better. If you're sad... Just admit you feel sad. In fact, this works for all of the negative emotions. Just admit where you're at, but then be willing to take another step. And really, for sad, what you do is you move your body. Why? Because not only does it process out the negative emotions and hormones in your body that get released when you're sad or stressed or anxious, but moving your body also releases feel-good hormones called endorphins that make you feel better. You can walk to feel better. If you're impulsive and you're angry... Look out the window, look out the window. Don't keep fighting with your spouse. Don't keep fighting with your coworker. Give yourself a timeout, give yourself a timeout. Be willing to say timeout, I'm giving myself a timeout and go look out a window, why? Because when you look out a, a window you're changing your perspective and what you're doing is you're allowing your pupils to dilate which relaxes your body. You're then open more to information it causes your body to relax it turns down the volume when you're impulsive and when you're angry it opens your eyes and helps you think clearly if you have low motivation if you procrastinate if you have a hard time focusing your mind find one point in the room that you're in and you stare at it for a minute no distractions no no audio no nothing you just stare for a minute and what you're doing is you're forcing your mind to focus You're doing something that allows your mind to focus on one thing and what you're communicating to your brain is it's time to focus and what will happen is when you do that and you have a sustained visual gaze in one specific spot, what happens is your body releases a chemical called noradrenaline which allows your body to get ready to focus and to get your your brain ready for action. And finally, if you're insecure, write down your strengths. List out what you're really good at. Maybe you're insecure about something at work. Maybe you're insecure about public speaking. Don't focus on that. Focus on your strengths. Be willing to say, I'm someone who shows up to work on time. I'm someone who's kind and thoughtful to other people. I'm someone who, who, who always makes the coffee before anyone else. I am someone who's got some strengths. And I'm not great at this yet, but I'm willing to rely on my strengths, and that will give me motivation and encouragement to focus on the thing that I'm not good at yet. These are six ways to change your emotions. Small steps you take are better than giant leaps you don't. And the third and final way to own your life is to let Jesus be your source. Say source. Let Jesus be your source. Let Him be the one you go to. It says this, and Jesus grew in favor with God. Jesus, even though He was God in the flesh, He constantly went to the Father. He constantly went to the Father. The Father was His source. Often in life, we run to other things. I want to challenge you. Run to Jesus before you run to anything else. Let Him be your source. Let Him be the thing you go after. Let Him be the thing you need in moments of difficulty. Don't go to social media. Don't talk to your friends just yet. Go to Jesus. Let Him be your source. Run to Jesus before you run to anything else. As I was preparing for this moment this weekend, I was praying for each one of you. I said, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? And I was reminded of a verse in my spirit, and this is what it says. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." If you need rest or love today, I want you to lean into this moment. Our worship team is going to come to the front, and I want you to lean in. Come to the source. Step forward. Be courageous. Don't leave the same way. Don't sit back and just cross your arms because Jesus is in the house and he wants to give you what you need and so much more. And church, I don't want you to miss what Jesus wants to give you right here, right now, in this moment. And so as I close, I want to invite you to stand and I want you to decide right now that you're going to own your life and you're going to step forward And make Him your source. If you need rest today. If you need peace today. And you need God's love. I want you to come. Even before the worship team comes. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. In fact. When I get off the platform. I'm going to come to the front. Why? Because I always need Jesus' love. I'm not afraid to say it. I always need Jesus' love. I'm inviting you to lean into this moment. And allow God to be a part of your story. Let him give you, let him be your source. Let him be your strength. Let him be your peace. Let's pray right now. Jesus, we know you're here, but we invite you in. Would you be our source? Would you help us run to you and nowhere else? Jesus, we need your love today. We need your peace today. We need your rest today. I pray, Lord, that you would pour out blessing upon your people today. Let them leave changed today. Let them leave reassured that they can come to you, and you will give them everything that they need and so much more. Bless your people today. And now, we worship you. We lift you up. You're high and lifted up, Jesus. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to come. Raise your hands.